This episode is brought to you by Living in the Light Co. Brooke started this as a passion project in 2019 while working full-time as a nurse. In 2020, she felt God was calling her to use it as a ministry and left nursing to pursue this full-time. All L-I-T-L Co. apparel is designed custom by Brooke. No items are purchased through mass sellers. All of the bows and scrunchies are wholesale through small U.S. businesses and are handmade. Their goal is to wholesale through more and more small businesses so that customers know where their items are sourced, who is making them, and ultimately can be reassured that when they spend money with them, it is going to wholesome families who are creating beautiful things to support themselves. And personally, my favorite part about them are their priority is to ensure that LITL Co. is 100% spiritually based and run, and they do not cave to culture. So head over to their website, www.litlco.com, and use the code THOSEGIRLS to get 10% off of your purchase. Thanks. I just want to mention that the main two points of it are that there's always a better option than abortion and that pro-lifers can have the best results if they have a loving, non-judgmental attitude towards others. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm her friend, Melanie. (laughs) And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is going to be a really good episode. And I think, honestly, a really unique episode. Um... You guys are going to like this. We have Sheila Miller. She is the author of the book, Connection at the Fence, an unlikely friendship between an abortion worker and a pro-life advocate. Um, She and her friend, who was an abortion worker, wrote this book together. And we're going to be discussing the book and sidewalk advocacy and what we could do as women to... um, I guess, help other women come out of the abortion industry. So Sheila Miller has been a pro-life advocate for three years. She's been married to Robert for 28 years and has two teenage children, Bryson and Sydney. Their dogs' names are Toby and Kevin. And in 2013, she self-published Memoirs of a Miracle Baby, A Testimony of God's Love, available in both softbound Kindle versions on Amazon. And also this book, Once More, A Connection, or connection at the fence, the unlikely friendship between an abortion worker and a pro-life advocate. Sheila, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to get into this, to talk about the book, talk about sidewalk advocacy, and just to discuss all of this. Um, But first, can you tell us what made you interested in becoming a sidewalk advocate? Why did you want to do that? Okay, well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I will tell you, honestly, this is nothing I ever thought I would get into. If if you asked me even five years ago, I would, I would it would blow my mind to think about doing something like this. But what happened was I wrote my own story, Memoirs of a Miracle Baby, A Testimony of God's Love, about my own traumatic birth. And throughout that, God used that to open my story up and it's a pro-life story actually that my mother she was not happy to be pregnant with me she already had two teenage kids and then when it came time for my birth it was at a chiropractor's office I was born black and blue not breathing she nearly died I was basically born dead and it was just prayer prayer and they couldn't resuscitate me 
they handed me uh, to my mother and said, here, this is her last chance. See if you can get her to nurse. And thankfully I did. Uh, prayers were answered. But the thing is when she saw me, she loved me. Her attitude changed dramatically, 180 degrees. And she said it was the best thing she ever did. Now she actually had looked into abortion for me. That's how, you know, seriously, she did not want another baby. So people read my book and one in particular who was a sidewalk counselor found a mutual friend and asked that um, this lady asked me if I would make a brochure to hand out to women who were abortion-minded, a brochure about my book, because she thought it was very touching and it could help some of those women who, like in the same situation as my mom, already had multiple kids and didn't realize how much they would love their child until they saw it. And that touched me so deeply to be asked that question to create that trifold. And I, I did create it, but I was nowhere near the point where I could go out on the sidewalk then. I was not at the point in time in my life where I had the time. I worked a lot and I had foster kids, two foster kids and my own two biological kids. So full house, fostering for a long period of time. And that was challenging too, but that was my ministry at the time. And anyway, um, that period ended. And then I was wondering what was going to happen next. And I was actually given a prophetic word that I was going to minister to mothers. 40 weeks after that time, yeah, that was so cool. 40 weeks after that time, I actually took some sidewalk counseling training and was out on the sidewalk, which is a sort of amazing to me looking back at it. That it was 40 weeks you know, the time it takes to have a baby is when I... That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <Cool>. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what got me into it. Um, just having a pro-life story of my own, my mother's story, and then being introduced to people locally by my book and doing the brochure. Then they asked me to come speak at some events and dance. I do worship dance. And that just led into it. Finally, when the time was right, I was trained and came out to do it. Wow. That's, well, first of all, I think that's beautiful that you were willing to share your story. Um, because I do think that, I heard a pastor say this once. I don't remember who it was. I don't even remember the context of this. But they said, like, sometimes we go through different things to for ourselves but also for others so I think that's really important for all of us to share our story it's really important for all of us um to be vocal and honest about how God has brought us through stuff because you have no idea who is listening you have no idea who is touched by that story so that's beautiful that's absolutely wonderful um so I want to talk a little bit about sidewalk counseling or sidewalk advocacy first. Um, and as everybody listening knows, Melanie is also what I like to call a professional. Um, she actually has some videos on her Instagram if you want tips and help um, as well. But um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what are some things that you have seen that have worked? Um, I guess some strategies Let's, can we talk about two strategies that have worked and the two strategies that you think may be a little bit outdated that probably are not going to be the most effective? To reach out with a loving smile and to be open and approachable. That just totally, I feel like if, if I am trying to smile and let Jesus smile through me, so that people can see Jesus through me. That's what I want to be. I want to be his hands and feet. And that's something I pray, let them see him through me. And that I believe causes a lot of people to smile when they see me wave and smile at them. They stop and they're like, huh, I wonder what she has to say, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like that works. I also have a clipboard or a binder and I have in big letters, hi, with a smiley face, um, can I help you? Hi, can I help you? And I feel like that gets their attention. You know, I'm not saying, hey, stop, or um, 
you know, I'm not showing them pictures of mangled babies. Mm -hmm. I'm not yelling, screaming at them. I'm there, I'm open, I'm approachable, and I'm just trying to be me, but yeah. trying to show love, non-judgmental love. That's what, that's what I have seen works. Yeah. Nice. I definitely agree with you, Sheila. A million thousand infinity <laughs> percent. I absolutely. Um, sadly, um, I think the people who are there with the pictures um, who are very loud, I think that they have good intentions, but sadly, it just does not work. And I think for yeah. many people, that's a very hard pill to swallow. Um, and But you're right. I, I just experienced it the other day that um, I was outside of an abortion facility. It was just me and one other gentleman. And he was yelling things like, man, please don't go inside. Uh, please don't kill your baby. Don't right. murder your baby. Jesus loves you and your baby. Meanwhile, right. I was doing like how you were saying with a clipboard and smiling and waving. Yeah. And um, he had zero interactions. Meanwhile, I had 10. <laughs> and so, which was, I just thought it was amazing. Even amazing that I was able to do that while he was yelling. Like, yeah. Honestly, Anyways. he probably helped you. People were probably like, I don't want to be around yeah. this guy. Who's this girl? I thought yeah. about that, that it, it, it could, can, you know, invertly be hey, helpful to that's me. That's how we you know? all work together. <laughs> we are all working that's together. That's how we're all in the marching band playing <laughs> yeah. our instruments we together. We all have our own spots. Yeah. But no, you're, you're making a very good point. I think um, from my perspective, this is a pro-woman podcast. We talk about women all the time. We talk about how we are uniquely different than men. And one of the ways that we are uniquely different than men is our emotions. And there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with being a caring, compassionate, a feeling empathetic person. I just want to say that because um, I, lately I feel like women are, especially like sometimes in conservative circles, we're like, facts, facts, facts. Don't cry, don't emotion. No, this is who God made you to be. <laughs> With that being said, I do think a smile goes a long way. How can I help you goes a long way. I think that maybe, I mean, I'm not a man, but maybe the don't kill your baby. It's a baby might work for a man. That just how, not saying that women are intellectuals. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is like women, this is such an emotional time. The hormones are like, we should appeal to the emotion in the sense of like, this is, and it's okay like it's I think that sometimes people just get very caught up in the well this is this is this and I can get like that too I know myself I was just talking to my friend it's really I really see the world as black and white like it's either right or it's wrong so it is sometimes hard for me to have conversations with people when they're like saying something even if I do something that I know is wrong I still know it's wrong and I know a lot of people think there's a lot of gray areas so I think sometimes we have to realize that people are people that smiling um can I help you it's just so much more effective um yeah and, I heard oh sorry, oh, sorry. well I'm just gonna say sorry just really quick there is a time and place for those images I do think um yeah. there is a time and a place I, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys I do not think that at a facility with all those emotions running high right then is the place and I was listening to Kristen's explicitly pro-life podcast and she made the comment that um studies show that when someone is pro-choice pro and they see those images they're not mad at the situation they're mad at you for showing them that image so then yeah. it's just not effective so we should be doing whatever is most effective melanie sorry go ahead yeah i heard an analogy a few days ago of i don't know what the word is but like um maybe the word is like i don't know a meter so like think of that um, empty to fuel meter on your car and um you know a girl is way at one end and people with the yelling and the signs are expecting her to somehow magically come over here to the opposite ah, end when yeah. really we need to meet her with that smile 
and ask her how she's doing and what brought you here today and here's a free gift bag and like slowly 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 rather than people just thinking me yelling at her please don't go inside will get her to come talk to me so that was just a good analogy I heard the other day I was like I like that yeah um okay so let's get into the book (laughs) I guess my first question is because I don't want you to give too much away from the book because you know obviously we want people to read it but I guess my first question and I'm sure you covered in the book but if you could just tell us like how did you become friendly with someone who quote-unquote is the enemy how did this what what event happened what how (laughs) well it certainly didn't (laughs) it took time a lot of time (laughs) a lot of time a lot of groundwork And thankfully, I came in on the heels of my friend who had already been laying that groundwork of bringing gifts to the abortion workers at Christmas time. And that had already been going on for at least two, two or three years. And she even had a phone number of one of the abortion workers because that abortion worker, Dion, has a very friendly son who would stop and chat and gave her her, his mom's phone number. Oh, <laughs> so uh, she would text with the ab- abortion worker with Dion a little bit, and eventually, in um, after I'd been out there like a year and a half, we were trying to give them something else. We were trying to give them a card at Easter, and this um, lady Carrie had to leave, so she went ahead and which I wouldn't normally tell people this is a thing to do, you know, to be sharing the the uh, phone number with with someone, but she felt led like it was okay, you know, she very very strongly felt to give it to me, and then I ended up being the primary person to contact and text with Dion. And so I just slowly texted occasionally, texted about gifts. And eventually she actually started to stop and chat with me a little bit because I would hold out some chocolate for her. And so she would stop for that. Very first time she she stopped, I thought she was trying to entrap me maybe because she pulled (laughs) in to the fence and she stopped like she wanted it. And I'm like, hey, I can't go in there. Yeah. (laughs) So she she came backwards, she got that chocolate, and she says in the book, she says, yeah, she snagged me with that chocolate. That's (laughs) that. (laughs) But that and just gifts, more gifts at Christmas time. And then we just texted a bit more and more. And then finally, you know, 2020, we had nothing to do because... I mean, you know, all events were canceled. We still went outside the abortion clinic. I was going to say, was your clinic shut down? Never. Okay, yeah. None of our city. I A few did, I think, across the country, but none in North Carolina did. I know that. And I guess none in South Carolina. Just doing a booming business the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> sadly. So um, anyway... One day I just felt very strongly led that I was supposed to invite her away from the clinic for a milkshake. And so I was nervous, but I followed through with it. I did. And much to my amazement, she said, yes. I said, you know what? We'll just keep it alive. Kids and pets. And she said, okay. And we met and we chatted about kids and pets at McDonald's for two hours. No joke. Wow. It was just very easy and simple. We were leaving. She was like, so why did you ask me to meet? I said, you know, I, I don't know. I have no ulterior motive. And that's very obvious because she obviously knows, right, that I'm pro-life and that, yeah, I'd love for her to leave. I've given her info on how she can leave, right? Mm-hmm. And I I know that she is pro-choice. There's there's no ulterior motive other than what's obvious. I just said, I just feel strongly that God wanted me to ask you out. And I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So it, it happened again. And we just continued to meet every every so often. And up to seven hours a time, we just sit. We sat at Hardy's one day for seven hours just chatting. Wow. About- 
you know, and we did delve into deeper topics, um, the top of topic of abortion and different things, but it was just a very natural, easy flowing thing. And, you know, we talked a couple of times about like why I said, I don't know why. I don't know why it's just weird. So we just decided to go with it and became friends. Wow. So is she still, she's still pro-choice? She is, but it's interesting that, you know, you might think that someone who is pro-choice, they're pro-choice because, and works in abortion facility because they believe in abortion that, um, they had an abortion or they're, you know, they, they believe people should have them. She doesn't like, uh, for people to have them. Like she doesn't want her, her family to have them. She doesn't want her daughter to have them. She never had one, you know, her, her mother, nobody in her family really, except like in the book, it said a couple of cousins did, and she tried to talk them out of it. It made her angry that they did it because she said she would adopt the babies so it's sort of conflicting because she does believe that it is a woman's right, but she doesn't, uh, she's, she's worked there 18 years and oh, wow. all the tens of thousands of abortions that she has seen, she has never thought that one was justified. And when I found that out, that blew my mind. And that wasn't actually, wow. The entire book was written honestly. And I did an interview with her at the end to put in one of the last sections and I found that out when I asked her and I just, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. I was speechless actually. <laughs> wow. Mm. I think that speaks volumes right there. I, I wonder, and it could be more of this in the book, but I wonder, is it, well, actually first before I get to my question, um, I'm looking, does she do administration or is she a nurse? She is not a nurse. She does describe in the book how she does front office work, checks people in, but she also, okay. she also assists during the surgeries. She helps by holding their feet, their legs. And she also is the one who weighs the fetal matter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So she's right there in the midst of all of it. Wow. Um, there's something that I meant to highlight when I was looking at it that I'm looking for. Melanie, while I'm doing that, do you have a question? Yeah. Um, well, my first thoughts are like that that sounds so amazing and just like, I don't know, unheard of to me to be able to even you know sit down for a milkshake uh, because for me at the abortion facility I'm at the workers are they they have no contact with us like I'm I'm lucky if I can even get a wave like that to me is like oh my goodness they waved at me right. um it's also partially probably the setup, like the layout of the parking lot, the distance where they park and things like that. Um, I One time a worker came over to me. I, I don't remember what he was trying to tell me, like to move something. Um, but in that short conversation, I was able to give him a card for um, the abortionworker.com. And that was like that was my like first and last really like interaction more than just a hi from far away but what I always do and continue to do is when I see them um coming either if they're there going to work or if they're leaving for lunch coming back for lunch I always try to say hi hope you have a good day today um hope you had a good lunch abortionworker.com you don't have to work in this in this industry praying for you because that's always like the length of time I have to even get something out um well that's amazing you have that much time I literally have a couple seconds as they drive past in the driveway and usually a lot of them do wave some of them it seems like try to run us over <laughs> <laughs> Oof. doctors wave usually to me but 
they um, they go back into a secluded facility behind a high fence. We can't see their cars. They can't see us. We're not close enough to even to talk to oh them. Oh my about. goodness. It's really, really secluded. So I just really seriously have a couple of seconds as they drive past me on a short driveway. And so what I do is in my my binder, I have a few different sayings. So like I told you what I have is someone is driving in. If they're driving out, I open it and I have a sheet that says, have a blessed day. So normally if, you know, I'll open that and show them that, that, you know, have a blessed day. And um, I have another one I can turn it and say, can I talk to you when people are on their way out? But yeah, so for her to stop it all was pretty amazing. We don't have that many interactions with the workers. It's it's very rare. Wow. But another time, honestly, as someone that I just thought her face looked um, hard, very hard, I thought, like stern, like she never saw her smile. She stopped one time to take some Christmas presents in. And when she stopped, she had the nicest smile and she said, oh, do you have presents for me? And it was so sweet. It just really softened my heart towards her. Wow. That's yeah. such a good idea. Like, so would you leave the presents like at the driveway or would you have a sign like Christmas presents or? Oh, so actually, Carrie, the first year, the first time she did it, she would just call and she would call the clinic and ask if she could bring the Christmas cards or Christmas presents or whatever it was in. And she got Dion and I think she might've gotten some, well, she got Dion. When she got Dion, Dion said yes. So that's how she met her by taking them in. So this last Christmas, I actually called the clinic and asked to speak with the manager and said, would you please ask the doctor if it's okay if I bring the Christmas basket in? Cause I had one from all the ministries. It was a big, huge basket and we just had it filled with stuff. And she asked him, and I mean, I guess they realized it was me, but <laughs> they said yes. So I actually drove in there. It was the weirdest experience after three and a half years. I actually drove in there and carried in this big basket yeah whoa it was pretty wild that is that is so wild because i i can definitely let me empathize in. with you're only ever outside you know yeah. like yeah. you can't cross over cross over no, that's no. crazy i, I really like that idea though um because i definitely do recognize especially from your relationship with um, her name's Dion. Yeah, Dion. Like yeah. the the importance of ministering, reaching out to the workers. Because that, that's really the extent of what I do is just, hi, hope you have a good day, abortionworker.com. And <laughs> yeah. So I definitely yeah. love that idea of trying to give presents. So Valentine's is coming up. So one thing that has worked well for me in the past is having chocolates out there or roses to give the workers and or the women going in, whoever will stop for them, you know, to give a free gift. That's say, such a good idea. Instead of me, like it would normally say, hi, can I help you? It'll say happy Valentine's day or happy Valentine's and have, you know, the chocolates and roses there to hand to people. Yeah, that's so smart. We have a really good system with giving out goodie bags with resources in there, you know, some girly items. Um, but I really like those ideas of trying to switch it up a little bit of handing out a bag and a rose, a bag and chocolate, um, something more Christmassy and candy cane. So I really like those ideas. Or the one thing that's really great that doesn't melt and it's actually good year long now that you can get, you know, the dollar store, wherever is the little um, hearts, heart lollipops on a stick, you know, because they're cute and, oh. people, and they have the little kids with them and you're talking to them. Then you can say, oh, can I give your child one of these, you know, and they usually always say yes. Nice. Those are such good ideas. Yeah. And what I like about this I found when I was two things I was going to talk about but what I like about 
you guys discussing it is you can tell this is coming from like these are ideas and tactics that we can use to um talk to um abortion-minded women but what I like is that you can tell this is coming from a, okay how do we help like we're just trying to figure out how to help people this is all coming from love as opposed to okay let's see how do we trick them like <laughs> yeah how do we two, manipulate yeah how do we manipulate these it's not that, like that's just not the vibe that it's giving that's not you can tell this is all from like okay how do we help and that's something that I think is an overarching theme of um pro-life work is really just help how do we help um, through, you know, social media and activism? How am I helping through being a sidewalk advocate? How am I helping volunteering at your pregnancy resource center? How can I help? How am I helping? And I just, I love that. I think this is super important. These are really practical ways. So if you're listening right now, pause the episode and just go ahead and send it to your friend that is an advocate or is thinking about being an advocate because there's some good tips in this episode. Um, so I wanted to talk about two things. Um, yeah, two more things than we than one big question. But um, when in the interview you asked, "Do you think that my pro? Do you think that my pro life council friends and I make a difference, good or bad?" And she responds, "I think they do. Honestly, I really do." Is they don't try to tell them what they should do and shouldn't do, giving them options, coming at them with a different approach, which makes them want to listen to what they have to say. So I think they're doing a good service out here. I think that's so important. And I love that she says giving them options. I know a couple of days ago, Students for Life posted a post about um, not telling women all of their options, which Planned Parenthood does not, and most abortion facilities do not tell them all their options, about how that's not empowering. And I think that's just the fact that she recognizes that you guys are giving them all of these options. I think it's just so, so important. Um, which is why I'm just like, ah, oh, come on out. What can we do? Like, you get it. You get it. But she does yes. talk about it why she's still in in the book it is there's a chapter on that that's definitely like really reassuring to me to hear um that you know somebody on the inside recognizes like okay like there's good people out there like we may not agree on the topic of abortion but they're making a difference and so i'm that makes me happy yeah and there is a section um, in chapter, let me see what chapter this is, chapter six, where she does talk about the clinic. And I think it's really, I think it's very eye-opening. This this is the part, like I skimmed, um, I haven't finished it. I skimmed the whole thing, but I did read this section because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Now this, you guys, this is some tea, some information. So when you guys get the book, this is, <laughs> this is some real tea. Um, but so there's a section where she goes, why I continue to work there. And I just think that it's um, very, very eye-opening, that section. And then um, another two sections that we're going to just, well, they're kind of the same, but we're going to discuss them um, in a second are just very eye-opening. And I just think that this friendship is something that can be replicated, replicated across at all facilities. I think that when we go there, we're definitely thinking about the woman, the women in the facility, but we also can be thinking about the workers. And I think that this is just, this is great. I wish, I can't wait for her to leave and then she can come on and tell us some more. Like Annette, if you, everybody remembers, we had Annette on. Melanie, you were there for that. Yeah. Yeah. Former <laughs> um, abortion worker. That would be awesome. One thing, though, we haven't mentioned is that this is not a planned parenthood that we have here. Yes. It's, it's a standalone clinic. So it uh, it maybe doesn't have a lot of the same issues as, say, the one in Columbia. You know, last year it had three ambulances take women away from it last year mm -hmm. um, in Columbia. And it's this our facility has two doctors that rotate weeks and they've been there since the like, 70s they've oh, wow. they've had over 110,000 abortions performed with include you know with the pill and surgery 
and they um they have like a track record that in the area if for places that do abortions they're considered better better than the others so a lot more people come here so we have more because they have better um better reviews that's what i'm looking for they have yeah, better at this clinic it's got a it's got a reputation for being cleaner and for them you know like knowing what they're doing they're not sending women to the hospital from you know in in ambulances like the one in columbia is so we're the busiest abortion clinic in south carolina is what i'm trying to say and it, okay. it as far as abortion clinics go it has a good reputation and it is not a planned parenthood so i just wanted to say all that and i think probably because of that people don't understand the severity of the situation there and it probably goes under the radar because it's not a planned parenthood and because it is has good reviews wow um another part this is kind of getting away from i wanted to talk a lot more about the connection but really i feel like you summed it up really well i mean reaching out and treating people like humans and being kind and listening to the holy spirit that's pretty much the way you develop a friendship and also too it sounds like it's just a regular friendship it's not like a okay i'm picking this person let me or what is it called that cult love bomb it's not love bombing it's literally just this is a human i'm a human let's connect and i think that's i mean that's important <laughs> yeah we do and it's it is it's just a regular friendship we text every once in a while i still see her when she's going into the driving into the clinic but you know like if she needs uh to borrow a lug nut wrench you know we <laughs> we load it to her i mean it's 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 that type of friendship you know we hang out some um yeah we, we're friends and so i i did want to mention you know that the whole thing about the writing the book we didn't know why we'd become friends it it floored us and we still may not know completely why i think it's hopefully gonna make a change in for for good that we are friends um for for others as well but I had written my first book eight years ago, and it's a tremendous ordeal to write a book, honestly. <laughs> and so oh, I yeah. started thinking, huh, I wonder when I'm going to be writing a book again. When's God going to call me to write a book again? Well, I felt the call to write a book one day as I was going from the abortion clinic to a church service. And I just felt really strongly, oh, it's time now. And, and I'm supposed to ask Dion to be my co-author. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. I went to the worship service then, worshiped. And then I went home and I just started typing. I typed out what the book was going to be, what it was going to not be all about. I just got this complete download from God about what this was. And then I said, hey, I got to meet with you tomorrow. So um Dion and I met and I I just laid this all out for her and asked her what she thought and she agreed to the whole thing it it, it blew my mind like the whole concept blew my mind and then yeah. other than telling my husband about it it was a complete secret for months for months and then it slowly as I needed it was like on a need to know basis I would tell people very slowly who needed to know and then finally it came out and I kept it as overall a surprise. I had a co-author till the very end when it came out. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, I mean, it speaks volumes that she is willing because I do want to go over one thing because I do think it's so important for us to at least talk about this. Um, but the fact that she was even willing to discuss some of the things she discussed in the book, I think that speaks volumes. Um, I'm still very confused low-key why she's still there but that's not that's god god will she will come out when it's time god's yeah. in control um but i think that i mean that's great that she even was willing to do this because i mean this is some first-hand knowledge i really do enjoy hearing from people who are there because sometimes um so like for myself 
I've always been pro-life. So there's going to be perspectives that I'm just never going to understand. There's going to be perspectives for someone that was pro-choice that became pro-life and they're going to have that I just can't understand. There's people who have worked in the abortion industry that I'll just never be able to understand. So it's really good to hear firsthand um, knowledge. Really quick, I want to read this one part. Um, so it's technically two parts, but she talks about the people that go inside. Um, and this is in her chapter, how the chapter is working inside the abortion clinic. She gets, we get all types of, she says, we get all types of people that come to the clinic. You get your high society folks that want to rent out the entire place. So they're the only patients. We get the Bible thumpers. Believe me, we get plenty of those that are holier than, holier about, I don't believe in abortion, but this is something I can't do right now. This is what I need to do. Hopefully God will forgive me. And I hope nobody judges me. We get a lot of those girls. And I think that's just, I just want to say like, that's something that we as a church really need to work on. We cannot, um, there has to be balance. We can recognize that sex and pregnancy is best within the confines of marriage. Like God has defined, God has laid that out. But we also, we can't make people feel as if, I don't know how to do it, but if someone knows, email me, help me. We got to see what we can do so that people are not feeling like they, it's better to have an abortion than to disappoint my friends at church. You know what I mean? We got to, we got to do better. We have to. Um, That at the end, for sure. Because I say what I think that Christians and churches need to do. And that's one of the things I stress is that um, churches need churches need to recognize the need for ending abortion by providing help to pregnant mothers yes and we have like we have to do better so here's the other part um you got it this is the interviewing section and this part i think is just also i really want to talk about for a quick second um so sheila asked what have you seen to be women's top five reasons for having abortion? And I think this is important because we want to know, like, what is the issue? Because like we said from the beginning, we are here to help. One night stand, either they were raped or they cheated on their husband. So they don't know whose it is and they're going to abort because they don't want their husband to find out. And some because they don't want the baby and some basically because they don't think it's the right time in their life. Sheila, that's a lot of one night stands. Dion, yep, because a pretty big part of our clientele are strippers. And of course, they go home with some of the guys. So, dot, dot, dot. Sheila, from what I've seen, more women at your clinic take the pill versus having surgery. Why is that? Dion, they have it in their mind that they're taking a pill so they're not having an abortion and then the pill is cheaper. Sheila, so they're justifying it in their minds and also trying to save hundreds of bucks. What percentage would you guesstimate choose a pill? Dion, yep, it's probably over two-thirds that go in for the pill instead of the surgery. So two things, two sections of that, I guess, to discuss. Um, I think the fact that the one-night stands and, I mean, she said strippers. I think that is just so telling about okay how did we get here in the sense of how did we get to how do we get to one night stands becoming so popular and she said cheating on their husbands like what this is we talk a lot about the podcast we say changing culture this is an example of culture and its effect in society that also affects laws. So I'll just, everybody track with me. This is an example of culture where one night stands are just a thing. Cheating is just a thing. Um, and let's be honest, how many of us know people that have cheated? I mean, a good chunk of people that I know, quote unquote, good people have cheated. One night stands happens in the church all the time if we're being honest with ourselves our friends are doing it this is part of the culture so how do we fix these quote-unquote one-night stands these cheatings through abortion but we have to have this abortion and how if 
some people are having the abortion and so many people are advocating for it, it's going to change our laws. So this is when they say culture, politics is downstream from culture. This is what people are talking about. And I just, I mean, this part really blew my mind. Um, it really blew, and I think this also, last thing, and then Melanie, if you want to say something, I think this also kind of goes to the fact that um, she did say that some were raped, but we know that that is less than 1%. And if most are one night stands, she made it clear one night stands and cheating. That also goes to show that this is mainly out of convenience, unfortunately. This is, people are having abortions out of convenience. It's not this large number of people who have been raped or who are pregnant through incest. Um, but yeah, Melanie, do you have anything, comment you want to say about this? Yeah, I just think it's amazing that she was able to disclose so much and that maybe could be because um she's not working for big giant business you know Planned Parenthood yeah um because I just feel like if somebody from Planned Parenthood um were to disclose so much or even agreed of like sure I'll I'll you know share my oh, yeah. voice oh she wouldn't like, have to worry about getting a new job yeah you're, you're fired um so that's just really interesting to me do her coworkers know about this book like or is it something she's just like meh I did it I don't really need to talk about it as far as I know none of them know about it oh wow Oof. so is that purposeful <laughs> I, I'm not gonna tell them yeah <laughs> wow um and then, so the second part where I was saying about um, Hill, I think that's something that we also just have to remember and try to, because uh, whenever I think of abortion, I really, most times I do think of, um, you know, the suctioning, the dismemberment. I sometimes even forget that there's a pill. And um, I think that's something we just have to remember that those early on abortions are really what is the I mean, bread and butter, is that the right terminology I'm using? That is really what these facilities are doing, the pills. I think that is so important. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, that's something else. Our clinic only does first trimester. So okay. since you the pill up to 10 weeks, that's why so many people can take the pill at our facility. Yeah. Okay, okay. <sighs> Makes sense. And sadly, the abortion pills are on the rise. And like they're on the rise here in Texas. And there was a push for uh, from the like pro-abortion side to get like out of state mail order abortions into Texas, uh, which is now illegal and that people could be tried for it if they if they do mail into Texas, they'd be like tried under Texas law. Um, anyways, but I, I mean, there is like instagram pages and videos of women who are trying to normalize the accessibility and you know destigmatize abortion pills saying you can do this from wherever whenever and it's not even bad it's you know i don't think they've ever used the word painless but they make it sure advertise it like such so anyways mallory it definitely is scary how on the rise it is because yeah. as we're coming to the brink of roe v wade and a post roe usa they're trying to you know they're also working on how are we gonna have abortion in a post roe usa how are we gonna have an abortion in an abortion free state and so i think a lot of that is the mail order abortions from india or out of state um so it's just scary how common it, it is and i agree with you in my mind abortion when you know when you say the word abortion i'm also envisioning the you know the dismemberment the heart attack abortions you know um but sadly that's not the bulk of what's happening it is the uh, toilet bowl abortions is what they are so mm. they're on the rise yeah and i think that they're gonna try to be sneakier and sneakier um you know, we saw, or oh, you weren't there, but at the um, 
December 1st for the hear the hearing of uh, the Dobbs case. They were passing out bills, which looking back, I really don't like in my head. So they said they were abortion bills. In my head, I am wondering, I hope no one actually took that because we really don't know what was in that. And they did a whole little thing where they took it on stage and I love abortion and this whole dramatic thing. So Um, gross. Disgusting. And they were just handing it out. I'm just thinking all those, I mean, there weren't a bunch of kids, but there was definitely like people in college there, like girls just, that's just so like, they really don't know what's going into their body, but that's a whole nother conversation because it wasn't even like in a labeling, at least the one I saw, wasn't even like in a label, anything or another. It just had abortion pill on the body. But that's beside the point. Um, disgusting, terrible, awful. Um, we have one question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, actually, Melanie, is there anything else you want to ask before I do the big question? Yeah, I was just curious also. I know you mentioned that you and uh what's her name? Dion. Dion, that y'all like text from time to time. And I'm just curious to know how, what is the level of int- intimacy of the friendship in the present time? Like, do you still go out and get milkshakes? Did you go out and watch the new Spider-Man movie? Like, um, or is it just like slowly texting slowly meeting up if ever you feel like a call on your heart to try to meet up what does it look like in the present day um it looks like well like um like i said you know oh they needed the lug nut for something um we went a few months ago over to her house for a big huge gathering she had with you know a bunch of her family at her house She's been over here to hang out some. And actually, when actually I go over there a lot, or she comes over because we keep getting stacks of books in and we both sign them. Oh, nice. To like, you know, to sign books. We have book signings together. I got 50 here behind me that um, I gotta get her to to sign with me. So so that's one of the things we do. And um, if I could, can I just mention a couple things about the book? Like, I just want to say, yeah. Well, at the end, we'll do like how to get the book and everything. If there's okay. anything else in the book that you want to mention, is there anything else in the book? I just want to mention that the main two points of it are that there's always a better option than abortion, and that pro-lifers can have the best results if they have a loving, non-judgmental attitude towards others. And also that we're not taking anything from the proceeds of this book. We are donating all the net proceeds to Switch, which is a local ministry in the upstate that works to stop uh, human trafficking and sexual exploitation in the area. So, oh, love that. Yeah, so that's what the we've both agreed that the proceeds would go to. And at their big fundraising gala in November, we were able to donate a thousand dollars at that already that's awesome wow that's fantastic also too just a side note how it's all connected some of these strippers i have no doubt are being trafficked i have no doubt if you couldn't so it's all connected so that's good you're helping in that love it that's fantastic um so before we get all of how to follow you how to get the book i have one last question um and this is a question we ask all of our guests if every single girl in the world was looking at you right now, what would you tell them? What's a piece of advice you would give? It could be about abortion. It could be about friendship. It could be about anything you want it to be about. Your favorite, a car or whatever. Yes. I wish someone had told me when I was younger not to use hormonal birth control. Because... <laughs> this is good. No, I did not know that it can be abortifacient. I did not know what it was going to do to my body. I did not know how it was going to mess up my hormones and cause so many different problems. So at the time, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now. Okay. I've been married for a long time. And before I got married, I was given advice. Hey, the only thing you can do to make sure you don't get pregnant when, until you want to, is to go on hormonal birth control. 
go on the pill. And so I didn't know any better. I took the advice. But since then, that was 30 years ago, okay? I've been married a long time. And since then, they have come a long ways with natural family planning. And there are great websites that women now, they can empower themselves and learn about this and not have to use that stuff in their bodies, the unnatural stuff, synthetic hormones to mess everything up. Love that. We are, we here are very anti-hormonal birth control. That's one of the topics that we do get a lot of flack on. Um, but everyone, don't worry. I know some of you are screaming and upset right now. Do not worry. We're going to have someone who is, she is in the field of that fertility and things like that, who is going to talk about it and set the record straight on some things. So great advice. Hold on to what Sheila said. Do not freak out. Put a pin in it. Yeah. (laughs) Put a pin in it. And we will be getting to this. uh, That episode will come out next month in March, just in time for Women's Month. So do not freak out. But thank you so much. That was great advice. Um, And we we echo that. That was good. Mm -hmm. We did not plan that. That was good. That's good. Yes. (laughs) So really quick, uh, can you tell us where do we get the book? Um, and how can people like connect with you if they have questions? Because everybody listening to this, they're going to send it to all of their friends that are sidewalk advocates to listen to this episode. If you're listening, make sure you send this to your sidewalk advocate friend. So if they want to ask you questions or get more information, how do they do all that? Okay, so the website is www.connectionatthefence.com. That's connectionatthefence.com. You can read our story. You can click the links to get the book on Amazon. And we have Softbound. We have Kindle. And we have Hardcover also now. Oh, okay. Hardcover. And there's also <laughs> contact me through the website, Connection at the Fence. As far as our informational brochures that we hand out on the sidewalk, you can see our website for that here in Greenville. And this is not with any particular ministry, uh, just our umbrella organization that we have in Greenville. It's love, the number four, Y-O-U.life. So loveforyou.life. And we have a lot of different brochures we hand out on um, post-abortive healing, our local resources, a few brochures I've written, the one about my story, the Memoirs of a Miracle Baby story, and natural family planning info, a whole bunch of stuff on that website. Perfect. Thank you so much, um, Sheila, for coming on. This was a really great episode. I learned a lot, and I just, I feel like I said that every single episode, but I did. Like, <laughs> I learned some stuff. This is a very, and I mean, if you guys want to just read it for the Q&A in the back and then for the work in it uh, there's a lot of tea lots of tea in here so you guys really are going to want to get this book um and like I said share this with your friend that is a sidewalk advocate um I think this is a great episode to talk about like I said help that's the whole purpose of this all is to help um and give us the two objectives really quick again Sheila that there's always a better option than abortion and that pro-lifers can have the best results if they have loving, non-judgmental attitudes towards the women going into the facility and the abortion workers. Perfect. Um, so yeah, so if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it, you rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave a review. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please interact with it. If we're listening to whoever else, however else they ask you to do to interact with it, interact with it. Um, Melanie, anything you think I forgot to add? I just want to also encourage everyone um, who's listening, maybe the friend you about to send this to, to go out to the sidewalk because it does make a difference. And I just heard someone share something the other day that really convicted me that, um, you know, in all the two years I've been out there and Sheila, I'm sure you can agree, maybe Mallory too, that even on the mornings, you don't really don't want to get up. You'd rather keep sleeping in or you just, you feel like you're not being effective. You're tired of the the mean escort bullies, et cetera. There's never one time when you regret going out to the sidewalk. Mm. And so I just want to share that and encourage everyone to get out there, uh, be a prayer warrior, 
or um, get trained to become a sidewalk advocate, get comfortable, practice out there, um, because there will never be one time when you regret going. I love that. Let's end it right there. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks again, Sheila. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.